And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Hey everyone, welcome. My name is Heather Havenwood and welcome to Like a Boss, Insights with Influencers, Entrepreneurs, and Badasses Like You. I am super excited today to have someone on the call. We're going to have a really cool, interesting conversation about corporate burnout and that, man, is that true or what? And we have a lot of different stories too as what's happening in today's world and our corporate leaders and how there's massive burnout. And uh, that might be working with you too. You might be doing a burnout session on you, what I call going on both sides, ends of the candles. So this is going to be a really interesting wake up call, hopefully to many of you. Um, and so I want to introduce you to Tevis Trower. Tevis, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, um, let's introduce you who Let's introduce you to everybody. So she's called corporate, it's called corporate mindful guru. I feel like I'm tongue twisting that, but corporate mindfulness guru. Is that right? Oh my God. I, it's so funny. I was called that in a book that, um, that quoted me and I've kind of used it just to encapsulate what I do, but I have to confess, I kind of hate it. Yeah, it's a kind of like mind corporate mindfulness guru. Gumbo. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say you're more than that. You're like a, a mindful sister, kind of like that. Awesome. Like that. Guru sounds so manly. A badass. I'm a mindful badass. Badass. Because I'm badass. Yeah, no, I completely get that. Okay, so you um, help organizations optimize their most precious assets, humans. Yeah. So clients over 70 markets, balance. Um, supports organizations, including, uh, you have a lot of different companies here, including Google, Huffington Post, um, Soros, Bloomberg, and many others through executive lifestyle, mastery, innovation, and sustainable success. You can find um, your find experts and advice in Forbes, Fortune, Business Week, Yoga Journal, CIO, Cranes, New York Post, and many others. Teaching business creativity at New York University. Yeah. NYU. And Tavis has served, uh, served as a work-life expert at WebMD and HuffPo. I love how you call it HuffPo. I know. I think they don't like being called that now. I just I heard from someone who works there. It's very like HuffPo. Yo, oh. HuffPo. What's up, <laughs> HuffPo? You know? It's like Puff, Puff the Magic Dragon without Puff any drug. Dragon. Huff. 
Huff the magic Poe or yeah, it seems very like, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, people there, like what's up with that? You know, it, it, I do, I do know people. Yeah. Well, I know you do. <laughs> Obviously since in your bio, it says, yeah, like I work at HuffPo. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like saying, yeah, yeah. Like I know them, the Soros. Yeah. We go way down. back, way back. I just think it's funny. It's like, yeah, I know Kim. Who's Kim? No. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. I mean, drive to say the name. It's just Kim. That's funny. All right. That's funny. All right. Let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today. And I want to show your view, our viewers. If you don't see the video, I'm going to, I'm, I'm pulling up a magazine here. It's called entrepreneur magazine. You've heard of it. It's November, 2018 on the front cover is our darling Elon Musk. And it says 50 most daring entrepreneurs 2018. Why you should and it says, and shouldn't be like Elon Musk, which yeah. is perfect. I believe this came out after, I'm pretty sure this came out after the incident with the, the meltdown. Yeah. The meltdown. So yeah. let's, let's go there. We're going to talk about today. Three things I, uh, that I think are emotional health with corporate leaders, which is burnout, meltdown, and emotional health, which is all encompassing. Right. But yeah. let's talk about the situation that happened with Elon and, and your take and what you do for clients. Well, I think it's, um, it's such an apocryphal kind of tale, right? And it's one that, that both inspires us and we can learn from, and it should scare us a little bit. And that is that those of us who are driven to perform and to, to, uh, to achieve, mm-hmm. um, are oftentimes driven by something that is so embedded in us from long ago that it can never be satisfied, right? That desire for the next breakthrough, for the next accomplishment, for the next win, right? It's just that yummy feedback of whatever chemicals are set loose in our body is Mm -hmm. so compelling, right? So you get an Elon or you get admittedly Steve Jobs was no um, picture of, of, of stability, right? Or you get a right, lot of right, right, and this this obsession with performing oftentimes trumps any other thing in our lives. I mean, the story now in Silicon Valley and other parts of the world is that people are microdosing on um, on psychedelics because it does unleash more creative ways of thinking and helps people to access um, some energy resources that they don't normally have access to. So my question is if burnout is kind of part and parcel of the risk that we run by being a high performer, right? How do we still heed that, that voice inside of us that that's ever spurring us on, 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 get the next deal, get the next merger, et cetera. And do so without self-destructing because that's where things start to fall apart is when this drive actually gets the better of us. So we see that in someone like Elon Musk who does it in a beautiful um, tweet worthy, right? Was all over the headlines for a couple of weeks. Like I couldn't turn on a new show without that being, oh yeah, 420, right? Um, I couldn't be consuming any media, not hear about it. why was it such, so in a corporate setting, mm-hmm. why was that so disturbing? Well, because I think it really flies in the face of this notion that, that always championing 
the behavior of our high performers is necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's, there's this, but let me, yeah. wait, so, so I, I didn't see anything wrong with the tweet. Like I don't see any issue with it. And I understand that he, you know, maybe he could talk us through what the tweet was. People don't know who it was, but like, I remember it. And I, for me, I'm like, it's no big deal. But in yeah. the corporate world, it is a big deal. So could you explain the difference of the worlds? Yes, it's a big deal because point one, aside from the drug reference, right, a 420, that has nothing to do with it. That was just him being playful. Apparently he and his girlfriend smoke a lot of pot. He smoked pot on podcasts before. Like this is not a secret. I'm not outing anyone. Um, what was alarming in the corporate world is he went on Twitter and he told the world that he was going to be taking his company private so that he would not have to be subjected to scrutiny of Wall Street. Now, when you say that and you put a stock price and you say that you've got a buyer that's going to help you buy back all this stock, that immediately causes a fluctuation in your stock value. Now, do you follow? So yeah. when you do that, like the SEC goes crazy, right? Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's true. actually securities fraud. Like, like right. that's, that's actually securities fraud. Do you think that's because, I mean, how is that reference to 420 though? I mean, I guess... Oh, stock issues. No, 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 no. He smokes pot with his girlfriend. He thought the number 420 would be cute to right. her. Right. <laughs> How adorable. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, like, I had to find this out. Um, <laughs> this is funny. I didn't know what 420 meant. And then I kept hearing it, it, it all the time. And I felt like a dork. And I was like, why is everyone always talking about 420, like, on, on Twitter or whatever. And they said, it's pot, Tavis. It means pot. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that is so funny. You're so funny. That's called pot. Now, and I, you know, I get that. That was only a couple of years ago. I learned it too. Yeah. But again, going back to a breakdown, I mean, he, what was the, by the way, let's go through the story. What happened because of that tweet? What happened to Elon? Um, he's been removed from sole um, stewardship of his own company. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could face charges by the SEC. Like that's what's in action currently. Um, so, so I think that if you're looking at someone who then comes back and confesses, look, I get maybe an hour of sleep per night. The pressure of running SpaceX and of dealing with the scrutiny of the street on um, on the Tesla project is is too much is overwhelming. I can't, I can't handle it all. I burn myself out. I've been acting poorly, etc. So, so he, in many ways, he did the right thing. He stepped forward and he owned, um, what drove that action, that statement and the behavior. And he traced it back to the causes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that actually is a really cool thing, right? Cause a lot of times we'll do something um, unskillful or alarming or piss people off or screw ourselves in some way. And we don't have the circumspection to turn around and say, well, what is it going on with me that led me to do that, that I can actually own up to? So in my world, in my experience, I think the reason why he was able to do that, um, 
not that I'm like some expert or anything, but I think that I think that he is able to do that because he's really more of an entrepreneur than he is anything. I think one of the biggest mistakes this has happened over and over and over again, entrepreneurs create and then they're all of a sudden create something that becomes huge. And then they are, I guess, um, expected to become a corporate person. And in my world, you're either a corporate person or you're an entrepreneur, period. You know, even Mark Zuckerberg talks about it or, you know, uh, the guy who owns um, the Mavericks, Mark, right? Yeah. He talks about it. He's like, you know, Richard Brands talks about it. He's like, I am not a manager. I'm not, I'm not a manager. I'm not a manager. I, so you're an entrepreneur. You suck at managing, right? And sometimes you suck at managing yourself. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. period, most entrepreneurs need someone to manage them, right? Yeah. Not because they're stupid because they're constantly in creation. Like their brain's like, that's how I am. I always tell people I need a mother. Like I need a mother in my, I need a wife or I need a, like, I need a wife, I call it a wife really. I like, I need to marry a woman who's a wife, but I'm not gay. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. So like, you know, but I need a wife. I need someone to take care of all my stuff because I'm working all the time. I have more of a masculine thing. So that's why I think a lot of men have wives to take care of that kind of stuff because their brain's always constantly thinking. So yeah. I think that part of the challenge in today's world is you see things like this entrepreneur magazine and they have these amazing creatives. And then they're expected to leave, right? And then they do stuff like this. Like, let me just give you an example of this. And I want your take on it, okay? So it says 50 most, you can't read this, 50 most, 50 most daring entrepreneurs 2018. All right, so number one's Elon Musk. I mean, obviously, right? But then they have in here like Jenny Ropney, who, by the way, is a CEO of IBM. I'm sorry, that's not an entrepreneur. That's not an entrepreneur. What is she doing no. in here? That is not an entrepreneur. Okay, another one was, uh, yeah, here we go. Um, the CEO of Guild and Activewear. Not an entrepreneur. They didn't build a company. They're not creators. They're CEOs. They're corporate. Very yes. different. And they're yes. placed there. They're, yes. IBM, she's, she was placed there. So it's yes. a very different conversation. You walked into... She walked into huge resources. Yeah. She walked into infrastructure that is larger than some countries. Absolutely. Okay, here's another Absolutely. one that I don't think belongs here. And then I'm going to give you, your, give you the, the goal here. Uh, Oscar <laughs> Munez, CEO of United Airlines. <laughs> I mean, that should not, that is not a daring entrepreneur. That is not even, that's they the should, problem. People think should, that that's the same. It's not. They should put Pope Francis on there, right? <laughs> right, no kidding. So Sorry, tell us what you think of that. I mean, in the burnout, okay. what you said okay. clients. Okay, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about everything that you just said. I think you're right. I think that they are two very distinct uh, personality profiles. I think that they're archetypally, and they should be, right? Because what it takes to to catalyze and to create is a different thing than what it takes to tend and nurture, right? Those are two different things where I think that I would like to see more leaders learn from what Elon did was as much as we are fostering people within the organization who are entrepreneurial in spirit. Um, it is still a cautionary tale. Point one, point two, um, I would like to see more corporate types take ownership of how they burn themselves out because even if they are corporate, even if they aren't, um, 
the crazy scientist, right, coming up with a cool idea that then they plow forward with, they still are subjecting themselves to inhumane expectations in terms of the workday, to not having a sense of self outside of work, to not uh, filling up their batteries through other activities, whether um, it's social, it's nurturing, it's intellectual, it's hobbyist, something to fill up their tanks, something to replenish. And just basically one-on-one maintenance of what it is to have a human body. And that's what I think is really key is that Elon stood up and said, yeah, I burned myself out. I made some dumb choices, but I think that that is the kind of a declarative statement that almost any leader I know could honestly say and mean because most of the high performers I know um, are struggling, are struggling with exactly that. They're, they're struggling from two different worlds, Tavis. You know, they're struggling yeah. to create and then you have people pulling them into things like finances and stuff, you know. Yeah. And I want you to talk about your story about um, HuffPo. Okay. <laughs> HuffPo. I'm never um, going to live that down, yes. am I? <laughs> Andre Huffington. So let's share about that. She, she had a kind of a situation that happened. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is this is um, something that she's actually gone on the circuit uh, talking about a lot because it's the result of this experience was her book Thrive and the creation of Thrive Global, which is um, a new company to help help other companies look at this stuff. Um, so Ariana was was the founder that she is, um, the creator that she is um, of the Huffington Post, and she had grown it into a very significant. Um, um, enterprise and she was burning herself out. She had made the transition really from being that, that, um, that wild eyed, um, um, thinker and creator to having this huge organization and, um, was taking on too much, was not sleeping, was not refilling her tanks, was not, uh, taking care of her body. And I remember I was, uh, I'm supposed to serve on a panel with her for a little startup in New York called ladies who launch. And, um, and she was coming as the guest speaker and, um, and suddenly we got the call that she was going to be late and they said, stall to have a stall. Cause I was the only one there. And I said, okay. And so we uh, did some audience Q and a anyway, she shows up and she's got these dark sunglasses on and a ton of makeup and she's so self-disclosing. I love this about her. She sits down and she goes in her beautiful accent that I'm not even going to try to imitate because it would just be all wrong. Um, um, she says, I have burnt myself out. I was leaving to come to the panel and just out of clumsiness, um, and lack of self-care exhaustion, I whack the crap out of my eye. I think it was on the corner of a desk. And instead of going to the doctor, she came to do the panel cause she's a rock star, right? And she puts on uh, the makeup. She comes and talks about it. But the aftermath of that um, was that it caused her to really slow down and reflect. What am I doing? And right. not only that, but but aside from the lack of of ability to invest in self care, I'm obviously modeling to everyone who works for me. Um, what does it mean about how it's impacting the decisions I make every day? or how clear I am to be able to think five months on down the road, a year down the road, five years mm -hmm. down the road, because when your nervous system is constantly jacked up from fear, right? Adrenaline, adrenaline, 
and the immune system is over functioning because it never has time to calm down either. The ability to think long term is just, it's not even a realistic proposition. Yeah. I mean, I, I've experienced that recently myself of just exhaustion. So, um, it's very challenging to do. I mean, it's just, it's just challenging. I think women do it more so than men. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they wear it differently. Probably. I don't know. I don't have any studies about that, but just based on the work I've done with high performers, I've coached a lot of high performers in um, our client companies and I have to argue it's ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely ubiquitous. And in some ways, I feel like women have more of a pressure valve around um, um, how to offset in the short term so that the long term is not as bad. Like we, you know, we like scream and cry and then we have like a glass of wine. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Yeah, or we have a friend who drags us to yoga, or right, or we like go to get a petty, medi. You know, we go get yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get a mani petty. We maybe we have a journal that we ignore half the time, but every now and then maybe we pick it up. Or we just, I did that last night. I was like, Wah! you know what I mean, and then like you know didn't have a glass of wine, but um, I had my kombucha, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I think that I do. I know. I know when my I'm. I'm just what I call empty slash full. Like I have no energy and I'm also just about to just explode with just stuff going on. Um, I love that empty slash full. Yeah. Yeah. I think men have a little bit, maybe have a, in your experience, corporate have a hard time because they are, they're designed for pressure. I mean, they are, I mean, human beings to a point, you know, they're designed to have that, that experience of, of, providing and pressure. That's what the testosterone hormone does, you know, and, um, the progesterone hormone is a little different. It's just more designed for more open and caring and connection. And so when we, we could drown ourselves up faster, I think than, than men. And we have, in my experience, women, we have to keep up with them. We feel like we have to keep up with them and become like them in some ways, not everyone, but some people. So in corporate America is very much like that right now. It's interesting. I've um, spent some time with the guy who wrote uh, Born to Run. Um, Yeah. Interesting guy. You should have him on your show. He's amazing. Um, But, but he, he looked at endurance runners and a lot of um, studies on pain and endurance actually show that women are able to endure pain longer. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Birth and stop and yeah. Yeah. Every month, you know, yeah. I mean, there is a cycle. There is a, this spirit. I would love to feel like, you know, what I call flatline every single day. I don't even know what that's like. Yeah. No, you know, I, for a long time, I used to make that wrong. And now I'm like, that's what's called. I'm a woman. It's just, <laughs> more of a wave you know where you yourself accept yourself (laughs) where you get me and my wave are you low down yeah so um i've just now accepted that yeah all right but corporate world and things like that doesn't always accept that you know well it's it's um it's something that that the corporate world has come up with this lovely scapegoat to throw all of these questions into what is that and that's wellness programs. <laughs> I like how you, she air quoted. 
wellness programs. Oh, we'll just we'll just throw all these human problems that are being That's our wellness program. Exactly. We have a wellness program for that and we have EAP, right? <laughs> when what we're talking about is day-to-day interactional, right? Reinforcement that this is how you should be and if you're not being this way, then you're not part of the tribe. Oh my God. Okay. Stop. Hold on. I got to, I got to grab on that one, girl. Okay. Do not even get me started on that one. <laughs> if you don't act like us and speak like us, you're not part of the tribe. And it's like, well, I'm not you. A B. Wh- why do I have to fit in a mold? You know what I mean? And then the other thing that, that I came across and some of my clients come across is like the techies. And then what I call the um, soft, I I wouldn't say soft, let's call them a soft skills and then tech skills, right? Soft skills are leadership, sales, communication, HR, and then you have techies, hardcore dev, you know, and they're like trying to talk. It's like Martians talking to each other, the different planets. Like, it's like, what? They just don't communicate, you know? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just, I could go on that. That was, I love a good tirade, man. And another thing. And another thing. Let me just hold just a second. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So, go ahead. So this this funny thing about wellness programs, right? Is they set them up, and then no one in leadership participates, right? They scrutinize them, and and for employee engagement, right? Well, well, our employees aren't going. It's like it's because your leaders aren't going, right? <laughs> right. No. And and and. Yeah. Your employees are saying how frazzled your leaders are and that they're emailing and texting at 2 a.m. over something that is not urgent. What's that tell me? Yeah. Right? No, it's so true. Um, I stopped that whole emailing, texting thing, or especially emailing in the middle of the night. You're good about it. You've got it down to, I think, an hour or two hours two a day. day. Yeah, so but here's what I do. So this is my little trick. Okay. Yeah. I actually am emailing some emailing sometimes at one, two in the morning. Cause you know, but what I do, there is a, there, but no, seriously, there you is know, a, um, you delay the send. I, I delay know it. Trick. I know this trick. I, it's a good trick because if not, people think, oh, she's up at two o'clock in the morning. I could then text her at two o'clock or, oh, what does she do? You know? And it's like, I just don't do that. So it's like all of a sudden my 3am email goes out at 7am. <laughs> Heather, I do it too. Right. I totally do it. Not all the time, but there yeah. are times when are times. things are really hairy and you're like, oh my God, I got to get that thought out. Yeah. Right. You got to get that out. And then you don't want to email it at 3 a.m., right? So like, I don't want my poor sweet team to think I expect them to email. I don't want them emailing. Exactly. Me. So I'm like, I'm going to email that exactly at 7.01. <laughs> yeah. In 32 <laughs> seconds. Right. <laughs> Right? Oh my God. So funny. Totally do it. Especially on Sundays. Sundays are my email days. So I'll email and do a bunch of stuff like that. Um, And it's just, should I have that sent out on Monday or Tuesday? (laughs) I'm darling. I do. I do. It's probably the best thing they ever created ever, ever, ever. Because before they created that, I put everything in a draft and then I would like go like, oh, oh, I got to email that, you know? Old school. Yeah. So anyway. I forget that I write it, you know, it's just bad. I'll you have to make a reminder, check right. the draft folder. Because in the middle of my day, 
It's true though. I mean, in the middle of my day, there's stuff happening, phones, texting, all this stuff. And there are times when it's completely quiet at one in the mornings and you're like, you can actually write an email. You know, you can, if you need to have one of those kind of a write email kind of ones mm-hmm. that you could actually think you know? And so that's why I do that. Right. And then, then I get... they think, they think, Oh my God, she is so genius at seven <laughs> one in the morning. Yeah. Like I just wrote a dissertation <laughs> at 7 a.m. Really? Come on. <laughs> dissertation. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. You know what? You, honestly, I, the one thing I'm not that old, but I do, um, think I do wish I'm thinking of my phone right now. I do wish <laughs> so bad. I do wish that they could do, um, what I call a screen of your text messages, you know, like kind of like, yo girl, you sure you want to send that? It's 2am. That sounds like a booty call. Uh, no. Are you sure? You sure? You sure you want to send that? <laughs> or like, you're kind of pissed right now, girl, go get some wine before you press it. Come on. You know, like I need that app, you know, you sure, you sure, you sure you need to tweet that. Yeah. I'm sure there's an app for that. I'm sure. I'm, but you know what? Like, Trump does not have that one. Trump, yo, you sure you want, shh, you know, you sure you want to send that tweet, boy? Like, the name. <laughs> <laughs> so the Elon Musk, that would have been one for Elon Musk. Yeah. You sure you want to send that? Are you sure? Come on, boy. You want to, let's take that down. <laughs> Did you Save see me some Mercedes that sent during the Super Bowl? Did you hear about that one? No. So, um, a friend of mine was doing a post Super Bowl. This is, goes back to you, a post Super Bowl commercial thing. And he had the image of it. Someone took a picture of it and sent it to him, but it was up for a very short period of time. I wouldn't say a couple of minutes, but from Mercedes, and it was at the Mercedes, you know, uh, uh, stadium. Uh-huh. And so the, from the Mercedes Twitter account said, if it wasn't my stadium, I'd be driving away. <laughs> Kind of boring. It was so boring. <laughs> that was funny. And then it was like, I, I love that. I, I love that. that. Is that guy fired or girl fired? Because, like, that's funny. Like, it wasn't my stadium. I'm going to be driving away. Was, I mean, but, but I think that's what all of us want is people who say what they really like, right. not, not, not at the expense of global stability, obviously, but, right. um, but, it's but Mercedes it's Come funny. On. yeah, it's funny. It it's was really kind of boring. And yeah. Everyone all over the media was already calling it like snooze fest. Right. So. Yeah. so here's a Mercedes. Like, I think they put a, I think whoever it was put a big picture of a Mercedes, like, like they're trying to drive away from their own stadium. <laughs> I like that's the best corporate. Okay. Go back to meltdown. Okay. Let's go back to burnout, meltdown, emotional for corporate leaders. What, yeah. what do you think the solution is? You deal with this all the time. Can you talk about what you do for a solution? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, we, we tell our clients that you can't solve this stuff through a policy or a program. Like, like you're not going to, and you're not going to solve it from the bottom <laughs> of the organization. Um, that if they've got an engagement problem, a burnout problem, They've got a leadership problem. Yeah. Period. And so if they aren't treating it as a leadership initiative, as something that's really key to their, their, their strategy, then, then don't, don't spend money on it. Cause you're just going to piss yourself off for having wasted the money right. and you're going to be mad at your employees for not being grateful for the yoga class in the conference room that no one will go to because they feel uncomfortable changing clothes in the bathroom. I know. I was her. I've been her. Right. 
Um, so, so don't spend money that way. Um, do the hard work back up and say, if we have a cultural problem, it starts at the top. And that means me mm -hmm. because so that's what Elon said. He goes, I've got a problem. I am the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, does it mean that change is easy? No, but, but until you as a leader are willing to ask yourself what you are doing wrong, um, you're not going to get that kind of circumspection and insight from the people that work with you. You know, one of the things I want to share, if you don't mind, I'm curious what you yeah. think of this, but I find um, sometimes I work with a lot of startups here in Austin mm -hmm. and um, mainly men, sometimes younger men. And I feel like I'm saying I'm being old, but I'm saying this, but I'm not, they look up to, right? Like the Elon Musks and the Steve Jobs at the time and, and Mark Zuckerberg. And they look to them. You know how people are when they look up to people, they start to mirror them. Oh, they start to, because they're like, oh, well, Mark did that. So what I'll give you an example, then I'll pass it on. Is that, uh, I was at this event. I was actually mentoring one of the two guys. They were asked, they were helping. I was helping them get money for funding. We see two, three, whatever it was round. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the guys were showing up in old ratty uh, jeans and a, and a sweatshirt hoodie. That's because Mark does that. This is no lie. This is Austin. And I said, look, Mark can do that. He could go to a board meeting and do that. You cannot, yeah. you know, you have people in the room. If you look at the room, who's writing the checks, they have their men and their sixties, right? Yeah. 60, 70, 50, 60, 60s. They're not going to write a check to that. Yeah. Okay. You've got to dress differently. You got to like, well, Zuckerberg, I'm like, you, Zuckerberg's not reality, unfortunately. Like you've got to, so I think, what do you say to that? About the mentoring of the leaders is even inside the organization as well as globally. People are saying, well, if they're successful, I should, min I should mimic that or mirror that. Do you know, I, I would actually counter that question with, how are we defining success? So right? true. Oh, great. I mean, yeah. freaking, like, and I know that David Brooks is not a great example. Like I told a friend of mine who, um, who works at the times that I loved his book. It's called the road to character. Who's David Brooks. He's, he's a Republican pundit who writes great books about what it is to be human and he's it. perfect he's good looking salt and pepper hair looks great in a suit shows up on panels at the atlantic and the new yorker and blah 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 and um and he's he's a conservative pundit but anyway he wrote this book called the road to character and wow. he really talks about are we building a resume or building a eulogy we're building a eulogy what are the qualities that go on the resume and what are the qualities that go on the eulogy and what's actually going to make your life fulfilling and how, how do you satisfy the resume, but make sure that you've got a eulogy that we want to experience and hear and celebrate you for, right? Right. Because that's actually what's going to keep us from burning out. That's what's going to keep us from freaking out and tweeting a 420 text and putting us in the crosshairs of the SEC to potentially be barred from ever serving on a publicly traded company ever again. Is that good, I would call them leaders or mentors that are leading the path. Modeling that? Growing yeah. up, we're like Jack Welch. 
you know, I agree. Reagan and, and yeah. even, even the artists back then were tame, you know, Prince, you know, um, Michael Jackson, they didn't, some of the stuff that even the artists do in Hollywood and the actors are just off the chain. So yeah. it's kind of like, that's what they're growing up with. And they're seeing that that's success. Or they're so making money, so I should be making millions kind of thing. Yeah. And that doesn't really work and translate in today's world. So how are people fixing that in corporate America? I mean, you're the, you're, you are in corporate. I literally have not walked into a company okay. in a long, long time. They've kicked me out from all corporations. I dress the part. Okay. I don't actually just wear a cotton shirt. When I right. Yeah. Right. It's fine. So how do you, yeah. uh, like, um, what are they so, doing? So, so a lot of it is about, so you've got the extrinsic, right? The extrinsic of the culture around you, the corporate culture, you've got the extrinsic of um, friends and family. You've got the extrinsic of the global tone of the media saying, look at, look at Zuckerberg. Look at right. Elon Musk. Elon right? Musk and, right. And, right. and any wisdom path, any success expert, look at Jack Canfield. Like you can't get more, White guy, salt, pepper hair. And He's adorable. I, I, yeah, he is adorable. I love him. But, but all of them are saying, great, you're living in the extrinsic environment that you're living in, but what you can control is what's going on inside. Like, that's where you have to manage from. If you manage from what's going on inside, then you have a footing in the midst of extrinsic mayhem and, and lack of groundedness and lack of reality and realistic practices, right? Lack of life satisfaction. You can get through that if you start with what's inside of you. And when you start to have conversations with high performers in corporate America, a lot of times they look at you like you're crazy, but I'm in my prime earning years is a statement that we hear a lot. I'm in my prime earning years. And the point What does is, that mean exactly in that world? What does that mean? That that has a nuance of ageism that if you're not going to make your millions from the time you're 25 to 43 that you're kind of over the hill. Okay, that, seriously, so you just called me over the hill? Oh my god, I'm way over. I'm I, I'm over like eight hills, I think. At this point. I mean, what <laughs> Look, I'm 25. But, um, I'm just kidding. I'm 19. <laughs> I'm 19. I had my 21st I'm birthday. Very mature. I'm very mature for my age. <laughs> this is Botox, people. Um, Damn it. Okay, really? Over 43? Really? That's over well, the what? I'm, I'm just I mean, guesstimating because, yeah. Well, so prime earning years is if I don't make my millions now, I'm going to be a loser and I'm never going to. What the? So the pressure they put on themselves is during the years where um, they are um, starting a family, male or female. I think the women do this to themselves too because we follow the guys, right? A lot of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, That means that these really important years that actually also have a lot of impact on your body's ability to heal itself and and to recover and to keep you sharp and to get you through the the next – the next session of being a fighter pilot, right? Yeah. You're, you're kind of, uh, 
damaging because you're not doing the things that you need to do Mm -hmm. to have the longevity. It's interesting, you know, and I love what you're talking about, what you're creating. You're really doing some good things. By the way, where can people find you, Tess? www. (laughs) I just like saying that. Um, (laughs) You can find me at balanceintegration.com and you can find me at Corporate Yogi on Twitter and on LinkedIn. I'm both available at uh, Tevis Trower and at Balance Integration. And we have this huge group, I think over 4,000 people called Corporate Yogis at Work. So if you're one of those people who secretly practice self-mastery and um, take care of yourself and, and have a corporate job, that's a place where you can find a lot of other... Where can people. they find that? That is in LinkedIn. So, oh. Yeah. Corporate mind is it? What's it called again? It's called um, Corporate Yogis at Work. Corporate Yogis at Work on LinkedIn. Oh wow, I'm yes. gonna go check that. I'm go a yogi, but I'm not corporate. But well, I can have like one. But you're a badass. Thank so. you. Right? Badass, like right? bitch, get out of my way. I'm. Um, but the other thing I created that I'm super proud of is I created um, a series called the C Suite. Um, sessions and they are four minute mini meditations for badasses for people who have a big game in the world and they may not have the discipline of going to sit on a cushion and wait for their mind monkeys to attack them every day Um, but these are just really short practical and relevant mind clearing tools oh i want them i want them i want them they're so yummy where do you get them um, you can get them on our blog. If you go on our, um, our site, it's on our blog. It's also uh, posted on our Facebook, and I always post them on LinkedIn. We've done three so far, and I'm going to cut another tomorrow. Nice. It's hot off the presses. I think I'm going to call it Shelter from the Storm. So what? Uh, t- say the website one more time so I know where to go. Balanceintegration.com. Nice. So what are we searching for looking for the um- – Go into the blog and you'll just click on the blog and the newest one is always right there. Oh, nice. Okay, great. Well, I will be doing that. I I love them. Like it. Share it. I will. Tell me if you hate it too because I take take, uh, criticism really well. Do you? Yes. Yes. Help me do that. I'm not that great at it. I really suck at it actually. Hang out Um, with horses. It'll really humble you, Heather. You're in the perfect place for that too. Yeah, I should hang out with horses. That's actually a really good idea. (laughs) (sighs) thank you so much for being here I just want to share this last thing and um about high performers um is that you know I was talking to someone who deals with athletes and talking about when they're age over 40 specifically football players they're like aged out or whatever and I think it's another problem with culture 40 seriously aged out what are you talking about I mean obviously on their body and an athlete it is but they're so ingrained in that view that a lot that's why a lot of them end up broke um years later because their view is like they're aged out they're done and so they view themselves that way and um i think that's what i'm hearing even in the corporate setting that's kind of if i don't get my if i don't get my million by the time i'm 43 i'm aged out so yes that's scary yes it was scary all right well i appreciate you being here say your website one more time so everyone knows it balanceintegration.com and heather you're so much Fun. Shh. 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 Might tweet that 420. Stop emailing. At 
at one in the morning. Um, I don't do 420, but um, I'm in Austin, so. <laughs> Just walking down the street. <laughs> Basically. Plus, you have barbecue. You have barbecue. We have barbecue. I have four and barbecue. You have tequila. We have a lot of tequila. Play. You have tequila. We have great tequila. We have a lot of barbecue. Four barbecue shops now in my house. In fact, I probably should go get some now because that really sounds awesome. Um, um, and we have tacos here. We're known for our torches tacos and our South by Southwest. So come join us. Everyone, um, this is Heather Havenwood. Thanks for being here. And again, this is Heather Havenwood, Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, entrepreneurs, and badasses like Tavis are on here as well. Please like and share and subscribe. Until next time, we're on iHeart, Spotify, soon to be in Pandora, um, iTunes, and Google Play, and tune in. Bye. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.